Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Jonathan, aka Roadblock, and I play Jonathan the Match Muscular, the human wizard. Hi, I'm Jules. I am the rock gnome Bernice Q. Burns. Hi, this is John, a.k.a. That Film Guy. I'm going to be playing your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks, who was in fact raised by wolves and is too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants. Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, and I'm playing Travancore, a half-elf archer and the viceroy of Glenmar. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome... Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, the party has begun to wind their way through the Purbeck Mine, finding and fighting undead as they go. Dwarves, lizard men, and a happy fun slide into Lime hasn't stopped them yet. But the next room is a large group of skeletal dwarves with their leader high on a barrel overlooking them all. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy. And I am drinking some Spire Mountain sparkling pear cider because it looked good and it tastes just as good. It is it is kind of delicious. It is amazing. Let's go in a different order. Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, so tonight I actually I don't know drinking, it kinda all melted, so it was sort of drinking towards the end of it. Um spoiler like part part the curtain a little bit i already ate all this shit um i made myself some ice cream and on top of it i put chocolate sauce and a chocolate liqueur from durham distillery um Mm. so not only is the like liqueur made locally but they actually use um a local chocolatier videri chocolates so it is literally all made in the kitchen which i got to tour on saturday and i tasted this and i fell in love and it is super 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 good and they also make a mocha and a coffee liqueur and two different types of gin so hopefully i will have all of those poured over stuff or just into my tummy in the near future i know where we're gonna have our first out of the area D game i'm excited really uh, jonathan what are you drinking Hi, this is Jonathan the Magic Muscular, and uh, oh, and played by Jonathan. I'm not actually Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I just play him on a podcast. And today I have a screwdriver. Very straightforward Ooh. in a sippy cup. It's delicious. Nom nom nom. <laughs> because if it wasn't in a sippy cup, it wouldn't be your drink. Travancore, what are you drinking? Internet legend Jack Edifil here. Tonight I, I play Travancore and I drink Angry Orchard Sinful Apple, which is a little ah. sweeter than I like, but it's not bad. Nice. Two of us are cidering it up. I love it. Clink. Carlton, what are you eating and or drinking? Well, I'm eating sweet potato fries because I had to get takeout because I uh, got a flat on the way here and had to deal with that. Uh, so I'm drinking Golden Monkey by Victory Brewery because it's uh, 9.5 alcohol per volume. And that gives me uh, one beer with 9% because fuck flat tires. Fuck yeah. flat tires. Unless it's the beer flat tire, which is pretty good then, too. I was going to say, if you had the flat tire beer, that'd be amazing. Is but, Victory you know. Philly-based, John? I think so. 
So to fill you guys in a little bit more in detail, you had been making your way through the mine with your friend Terrace Swordsteel. So he'd been helping you out. You've just come down the happy fun slide into the lime and fought some lizard skeletons and then peeked your way through the set of double doors into the next room and then quickly backed up and healed up a little bit and we're deciding on what to do as far as that next room is concerned just to kind of remind everybody it's a very large square room uh it has stone brick lined walls and a 20 foot high ceiling and there's just cobwebs everywhere a bunch of tools and mining equipment litter the floor and more than a dozen animated dwarf skeletons are wandering about they're pushing minecarts filled with uh, a lot of the marble that's been mined out of this mine. They're rolling barrels, they're doing some light chores, and there is obviously a leader, some kind of foreman, on top of a barrel in the middle of the room. He's standing on top of the barrel, he's got a pickaxe in one hand that looks to be diamond-tipped, and he's holding a piece of paper in the other, and is kind of silently directing the dwarves. Unlike a lot of other dwarves that, that you know, including the wonderful Terrace who is with you, these dwarves are completely silent. Uh, they are skeletons, after all, and they seem to be going about their business and not really paying attention to you. You'd poked your head into the room, kind of looked around a bit and backed away, and none of them paid you any mind. And so now you're, you're back in the room with the pile of lime, uh, have healed up a little bit, and what would you like to do? Let's get him! Yeah, let's fuck them uh, up. Can we can we go stealthy in there? Can we, should we try to do stealthy so we don't? You alert? can you can absolutely try. There seems to be only one entrance, and the room was lit by some torches, so it wasn't completely dark. That's how you guys were able to see what was going on. Uh, but if you would like to roll some stealth checks and try to sneak back in, you are more than welcome. Who is our? I'm not stealthy, but I'm going to try anyway. Hi. I'm your stealthiest person. Can we send Travi on this fact-finding mission? I vote that we send Travi because I'm not feeling very stealthy right now. I'm just feeling oh, like a little bit Oh, is it fact-finding? Like... I thought I was going to smash stuff. I want to smash stuff. <laughs> Are we smashing? Did I, did I hear I try and sneak in with the 10. Terrace speaks up at this point as you're talking and says, I certainly am not the stealthiest of... Oh, and then watches as Jonathan just kind of <laughs> saunters sneak, into the room. Sneak, sneak, <laughs> There we go. Okay, who's ready to fight like twelve dozen skeletal dwarves? That's are their beards still on them? Is that you, like a thing? Are we all? Uh, doing you can this? see some of them. Looks some of them way. have like wisps of half of half of a beard still attached. Some of them wear raggedy clothes. Uh, Tara says, are, "Are we following him? Would you like us to try to sneak? I'll, I'll do my best." I kind of go up behind Jonathan as well, and I go on the offbeat: sneak, 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 sneak. All right. Everybody roll a, a stealth check. All hey, right. Okay, and I look over oh, at Terrace, dear and Terrace. I go, oh, it looks like we've been voted for. Okay, let's do this. I get oh, a 10. Oh, my dear, the men always decide to rush in first, don't they? Yes. F 15. Uh, it could just be unique to my party, though. We are proficient <laughs> in stupidity. Sneak. Um, what is oh, my God. stealth is dexterity. <laughs> All right, dexterity. I got nothing on dexterity. All right. So I'll begin... Terrace got a three, because, uh, you know, armor and dwarves and sneaking. Uh, Carlton, what'd you get? I got ten. And Travancore? Sneak, sneak, sneak. Fifteen. Sneak, sneak, sneak. And how about Shadow? What did he get? 
Oh shit! Almost for- always forget about <laughs> Shadow. Shadow got a. I Watch never him like, forget be like Shadow. Like, into the shadows like a ninja. By the way, did you roll dice for Shadow to like heal up? Because if not, Shadow got a like. If he's not sneaking, it's because he's just bleeding all over the floor. Mm. Wait, did we take a short or a long rest? We you took guys a took a short rest. rest. I didn't roll hit dice for Shadow yet. Is that too late to do that, or? I'll say if you want to roll some quick hit dice that it happened during the short rest. All right, hang on a second. Uh, meanwhile, Jonathan, what did you get for your sneak check? Ten. And Bernie. I got a fourteen. All right. Because I'm patient, motherfuckers. And you're tiny. And I'm tiny. Tiptoe like a badass. But it doesn't matter because our gnome is like... So, (laughs) fuck my sneaking, right? Could could you do that again? (laughs) No, only once. (laughs) That was my nose to express clanging. (laughs) All right, one moment. Shadow got a seven. So, you guys start to have this conversation and then Jonathan basically tries to do the sneaking version of Leroy Jenkins and he just starts to sneak on in and it's not very stealthy but he's not making a lot of noise he just thinks by sneaking he's gonna he's doing the sneaking by I'm gonna stand and look like I know what I'm doing and walk on in like with all of the confidence in the world and no one's gonna pay attention to me because I belong here and everybody tries to sneak after him with varying degrees of success so he's Leroy Sneakins (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Leroy Sneakins. <laughs> and so then I go, God damn it, Leroy. It doesn't take long before you get um, about 10, 15 feet into this room before the dwarves notice you, obviously. They don't attack right away, but very quickly, the one that's on the barrel calls out to you and he starts to shake his pickaxe at you and he says ah what are you doing down here you're not supposed to be down here good sir we have we are here to bring you the replacement equipment your stuff is old your shit is old so of course it's old really really old like they're like decaying oh my god see even the gnome knows what's going on the gnome has a no nose for newness which is what we bring we didn't order any equipment, and of course we're old. We've been decrepit skeletons for the last couple hundred years. Sir, I'm not about? one to judge, but Jonathan <laughs> the Magic Muscular here. Look, I, I have an invoice, and I have a, a pallet of stuff upstairs. D- should I bring it down? I, I feel like I should bring it down. You know what? One second. We're going to go get it. When did, did you like- Did Wendergod send you? Did Wendergod send you? Yes. Roll a deception check. How many of us are rolling that deception check? I'm going to say Jonathan has been the lead on this, so he can roll the deception check. That is a 22. Yes. Okay. (laughs) He hops off the barrel and walks a few feet towards you and says, If Wendergod sends you, then you're not getting out of this cave alive. Men! And everybody can roll initiative. Well, great! The flawed <laughs> asshole! Hey, let's just run in! Why plan things? Anytime I want to do something, you're like, hold on, Travancore! But then you do something, it's like, I'm gonna do it! I felt inspired! Your Travancore's carefree spirit has inspired me. You wasted your natural 20 on initiative? So that happened. <laughs> We're all going to die. I'm just going to throw this out here. And I know I've said this like many, many, many times in our adventures because eventually it will be true. And I feel like today it's going to be this is the truth. 
This is the truest this has ever been. But if you get me killed today, I I will haunt your children and your children's children, and it will be gross. It will be like bad things. Like I'm talking like you know like the slime thing from the movie when it's like vomiting, and like there will be just it will be bad. I don't want to die here with all these old dusty little like dwarves no offense terrace but i just don't want to die surrounded by a bunch of dwarf bones like stovacore here we go that's okay i do not want to be killed by a bunch of dwarf bones either these these are disgusting exactly but we all know who's to blame right i just want this before we even move forward this is on jonathan jonathan the magic muscular (laughs) claims no responsibility for any actions forthwith oh i got a 22 I, i i'm blowing this fucker up all right, hold on, uh, hold on. Wait, cause... he's got paper in his hand. Should we maybe use something other than fire? That m- paper could be... Jonathan important. the Muscular only has a few means of damage uh, to stuff. None of them are going to let paper live. Chromatic Orb? Jonathan the Muscular has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Carlton, what's your initiative? 22. Jonathan, what's yours? 22. Uh, what's your initiative modifier? Two. Carlton, what's yours? Okay. But he did so. roll a natural 20. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, in this case, well, it, it matters, just less so. Uh, Terrace. Her dexterity sucks, but she got a 13, so that's not bad. Travancore. 20, but not natural. Still cool. Shadow and Bernie. I got a six. Got a six. The cleric bringing up the rear... As normal. Booty, booty, booty. No. <laughs> booty, 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 rocket everywhere. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's got to be a way to, to, to D&D and D this. Hold on. Heal it, heal it, heal it, heal it, rocket everywhere. Heal it, heal it, heal it, rocket everywhere. Heal everywhere. Heal everywhere. I'll stop. The lead dwarf has g- dropped off of his barrel and stepped a few feet forward, uh, calling out to his group of other dwarves. You can see there are a total, including him, of 13 undead dwarves arrayed around you in various states of decay, in with various weapons. Most of them makeshift pickaxes, shovels, that kind of thing. Um, but Carlton, you are up first. What would you like to do? I'm taking it the skeleton with the big axe is the main guy. He is. View. He's got the the diamond pickaxe in one hand, and he is still clutching a piece of paper in the other. Well, I want to go hit him with my axe and All chop right. off the things that could hurt me. Fuck. Eight. Uh, does not hit. Awesome. You're no, quick off no, the draw, but you just kind of I got whip. I got distracted by the shiny pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to do anything else? No, I don't want to waste a rage yet because I only have two left. All right, Jonathan, it is your turn. Uh, I am going to... I have a notion about these skeletons. They they don't look very well put together, do they? Roll me a perception check. Uh, 12. It's a little low light in here, so you're not too sure, but no, they're, they're not the best looking skeletons. They're, a couple of them are missing some ribs. One or two of them limped in your direction. So probably probably not the most hardy skeletons. At least you've been countered in this mine. Okay, so I am going to look up a spell real quick. All right, everybody's getting ready as like this horde of skeleton undead dwarven nightmares come towards them. And Jonathan pulls out a book and is All like, right, so I'm going to use me. a magic missile. Okay. But I'm going to aim each of the... I'm going to fire each bl- uh, bolt at the three skeletons on the left flank. 
So the three that are closest to us kind of bananaing down from the uh, from the main guy. Okay. Uh, so we'll we'll start with the one closest to you. Go ahead and roll it. So that's that's just an automatic hit, and you just do damage, right? Right. So five damage to the first one. All right. It blasts away some of it, and it looks really hurt, but it still stays together. Is magic missile radiant damage? No, it's force. Next one. That's two. All right. And that's three. Damn. All, right. All three of them are still standing. The first one you hit... Uh, was definitely hurt the worst, and it it's actually stumbles back part of its pelvis, rocking a little bit, but they are all still standing. I'm going to move uh, right behind Shadow. So like there? Right there. Perfect. Uh, and it is Travancore and Shadow's turn. What would you like to do? All right. So Travancore has his eyes on the, the big bad in front of uh, Carlton, and he's going to aim his arrow at him, but he's also going to cast a Hunter's Mark for the duration of the battle. So Okay. Arrow away! 26. Oh, that very easily hits. Roll damage. Okay, so the arrow itself does 11 damage, and then okay. Hunter's Mark casts 1 die 6. 5. Nice. So, okay, we may be a little screwed, because I thought those were one-hit down minions, and they're not. Whoops. The at least the the main skeleton that Travancore just hit is is now looking a little rough. Carlton, you see this arrow streak past, and it uh, embeds into this dwarf's uh, clavicle, kind of on his his left side, blowing apart almost part of his shoulder. And he actually drops the piece of paper that was in that hand and snarls almost animalistically as Travancore just uh, maybe on your turn <laughs> just blows apart part of the skeleton. Would you like to do anything? else no nah, shadow's gonna stay put for now to protect our good friends all right it is terrace's turn she is going to move to there kind of helping protect the left flank and she's gonna swing her warhammer at that skeleton uh but she's a, a little just distracted by the fact that she's fighting undead of her own kind and a nine unfortunately misses and that'll end her turn uh and now all of the skeletons who rolled incredibly poorly on their initiative they get to go oh this is a swarm and a half okay oh shit that is a lot of things that want to kill us (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was really hoping that my magic missile would down three of them but uh but it didn't did it no no we've already had that conversation though we're just gonna keep You took a lot of chunks, but they are still alive. What's past okay. is in the past, and if we live, I will yell about it later. Yes. Okay, these guys are gonna mindlessly rush forward. Oh, bro, come at me, bro. I yell, Bernie, your whip weapon of spirit might be very useful right now. They're kind of just going at the first thing that they saw. So there's gonna be four on terrace. Uh, the first hit, these guys kind of have shovels on her. They look like they were digging a hole over the left-hand side. The first hit, it just, she barely has to dodge out of the way. Uh, the second shovel does catch her on the back. The third shovel, she deflects with her shield. And the, the fourth shovel doesn't even come close. So she takes a hit. So she takes one point of damage. Not not too much, not for her. 
Carlton, looks like you've got three guys on you because we, we haven't dealt with the leader just yet. So they're going to attack you with a, a combo of rusty weapons. Uh, but I'm pretty sure an 11 doesn't hit. Noosh. Yes. Uh, a 22 does. 13? No. All so right, one so of you them get, won't get me. You get a rusty shovel to your side. Ugh, that's for eight um, bludgeoning damage. All right. So only one guy hits you, but he managed to smack you good. Uh, one of them has run up to Travancore, and he's going to come after you with his pick, but I don't think a 10 hits you. Nope. Uh, two of them are on Shadow. Uh, 16 on Shadow? No. And if a 16 doesn't hit, then a 13 doesn't hit. Nope. And finally, Jonathan. Uh, that's a 19. That'll most definitely hit. All right. And he managed to hit you uh, for five bludgeoning damage with his shovel. Ow. So not an amazing round for these undead skeleton. They they mostly miss. They were just unprepared. The leader is going to try to bean Carlton with his diamond-tipped axe. And that's an 18? That will hit. That will hit. All right. Um, and he's going to do four piercing damage. I'm... Bernie, after all of that skirmishing, it is your turn. You do now have an undead skeleton next to you. Oh, great. Okay, let me pull up my little sheet of shit I can do. You you pull up your sheet Oh shit. All right. So I have two, two options. I was going to cast Bless on my companions, some of them, because Bless means that whenever a target makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add the number roll to the attack roll. And I figured we kind of want to make sure that you guys are hitting your stuff. Or I could cast my spiritual weapon. Is there... So I can cast it... Is this guy that's on, like, me and Travi, are these other two on the bear within five feet of us? Uh, no. Those guys are ten and fifteen feet away. Boo. But... A uh, spiritual weapon, you can place that within okay. so many feet of you, right? Yeah, I can place it. So, I mean, if you did want to do spiritual weapon, you could place that in a place where it would get at least two of them. Because I think... Oh, I can move the bonus uh, up to 20 feet. So we're fine. We're fine. Yeah, the range on spiritual weapon is 60 feet. So you can kind of put that thing anywhere and move it again and hit something else. So you've got options. All right. Put that you thing anywhere. target-rich environment. <laughs> I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon then, without the innuendo. Okay. That was not. <laughs> My- All the innuendo. It's literally a holy item. Be nice. So, okay, so I create... I just cast it. I'm like, whoop, And I create a floating... <laughs> <laughs> a floating spectral weapon within range that lasts for the duration or until I cast again. When I cast a spell, I can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet on the weapon. Now, the, the spiritual weapon, does it change damage depending on what type of weapon she chooses? Uh, no. It does. It always does the same kind of damage, but if I'll say this. If you're creative with what you create, I might have fun with it. <laughs> Where would you like to place your spiritual weapon? Uh, so the spiritual weapon is actually just going to be kind of, let me, let me pull it back up. It's going to be right kind of on the other side. So my spiritual weapon is going to flank this guy that's attacking right there. me. So I'm assuming right. that I can get flanking on him because he doesn't see it coming. He's just looking at this tiny gnome. You know what? I don't know, but I'll give it to you. Why not? <laughs> I don't, I, I'll give it to so you. So I have advantage, I'll right? That's flanking. what flanking does. That's what flanking does. You get to roll your d20 and add and use the higher. And result. I get to add my melee 
my plus four spell bonus. And so it's going to be it's going to be a giant shovel. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to say on the giant shovel, because these are all dwarfs that should have remained dead, it's going to say Skullcracker. Okay. And so like it's right, going to so be, skullcracker it's gonna be flapping damage, because that's like the noise that is just... <laughs> I'm going to consider it still, it's still whatever the spiritual weapon damage is. I don't is, know what the but... spiritual weapon is. Oh! Whoa! Oh, crit on the Well, very... <laughs> Wait, that's not the alcohol one. This is the alcohol one. Yes, I rolled a natural 20 with my Skullcracker. All right, so it's force damage. So go ahead and... So normally you would do 1d8 plus your spellcasting modifier because you crit, you get to do 2d8. What? So roll... I do? <sighs> yeah, so when you crit, you roll the dice twice and then add your modifier. After rolling the dice twice or just... It, it's basically you double the dice. So because you would normally do 1d8, in this case, you'll do 2d8. And then so I'll roll... add the plus four after I add those two together. And then you'll add the plus four, yep. Do, do that beautiful force damage. Roll that. All right, so eight plus four is 12. So 12 right. damage. Just flap. And then I get to do this again. Well, first, the guy that you flapped just crumbles to pieces and part... Just before he crumbles to pieces, you hear him say, Oh, the irony! <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> All right, where would you like to move the spiritual weapon well, to? Well, first, I want to, I wanna, like, look at him and kind of, like, in my best Simpsons go, <laughs> And, um, because I'm just feeling like it. Okay, up to 20 feet and repeat the attack against a creature. Um, I'm going to move it over to the two that are on, like, Shadow. Okay, would you like it to be next to both of them? Because you can do that. I can be next to but Can I... I can... Is, is the big guy 20 feet away? Clear the ads! You could get to the big guy in 20 feet. Do you want me... Well, I just want to throw out there that, like, Jonathan the Mad Muscular... Well, the ads might scatter. Are you the expert <laughs> planner in this situation? Are we to trust? Are we trusting your decision-making here? I, I yell as I'm fending off the skeletons. I'm like, I, I'm a good... Platter in the heat of the moment. Kill the ants. <laughs> I want to hit the big guy. Or do what you want. It doesn't matter. It's your spell. It's my fucking... Yeah, that, you're damn right. It's my spell. I don't know why she Where said you the like Midwestern. To move it to? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go hit the big guy. Because why not? It's a skull cracker. And it's going to hit him. And we're going to move. And I'm going to... Because he's like... Look at all these people attacking Carlton. Put it behind him. Carlton, get so behind you, him. Because I got my advantage. You can't quite get behind him get... with 20 feet. Because you can't move through enemy targets. So you can get to there. All right. And on the next round, you can move it again. Okay. But, but so you can I get to there and you can get him? the big guy. You can reach... You can hit the big guy. Big guy. You just can't move until flanking just... All right, well, I'll just hit him anyway, because, like, why not, right? Let's roll that. Again? Oh, shit! <laughs> Again? Wow. All right, Drake. Yes, yes. Oh, shit, shit. Pause yes. for a second as everybody just downs their drink as Bernie just rolls oh a second God. natural 20 in a row with her spiritual weapon. And then I look over and I, like, feel this, like, this, like, it's, like, so obvious that I'm about to, like, hit the shit out of this guy. And I, I look over at Jonathan Madge Muscular and I go, who does the planning from now on, asshole? <laughs> Birdie does the planning. <laughs> All right. Roll okay. that beautiful force damage. Okay. So 11 plus four. So I do 15 damage to this asshole. All right. Carlton, you see out of the corner of your eye this giant white glowing shovel with a uh, skull cracker emblazoned in gold across gold. the back it of it. It was gold in my head. I love that you know that. 
<laughs> it it floats into view. It doesn't quite get into flanking with you. And then it smacks this guy upside the head. His skull disconnects from his body and goes a couple feet away. And this guy is destroyed. And the rest of his body falls to the ground dead. Yay. Yay. All right. <laughs> I think that's all you can do, but is there anything else you'd no, like to I do? No, I feel I've sufficiently supported the party. Um, so you fuckers go to town on the ads. <laughs> well, Carlton, thank it is you, your turn. Birdie. All right, can <laughs> I grab the axe and the or the pickaxe and the uh, piece of paper that he had you as an can, action, or is there a bonus action? I'll I'll let it be a bonus action to grab one of them. I want the shiny. I want the shiny. The pickaxe. Yes. All right, you pick won't up. That, it, won't it that is... interfere with your ability to wheel a two-handed weapon? I don't. I'm not saying I'm going to use it. I could, I could put it in my loincloth. I could strap Only it next to my dick. It. Yeah. So you pick it up. It is a mostly rusty pickaxe. It's got a diamond tip to it. Um, it doesn't feel like a a real weapon. Like you're pretty sure that your axe would just do a ton more damage. Oh, I wasn't but... using it. It's shiny. It it is definitely shiny, I want and shiny. the tip of that thing is probably worth something. Alright, uh, but the guy that's in flanking that I'm gonna move to get him flanking with the skeleton next to the, the uh skull crusher. If you do that, you'll be moving away from the guy to your left and he'll get an attack. Uh, opportunity. opportunity. Alright, well then I'll kill the guy to my left. Alright, go ahead and attack the guy to your left. Hey Lord. <laughs> it's raining crit. It's raining crit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's raining crit. Oh, Drink. God, I was be fucked. <laughs> That is amazing. Hey, Carlton, what did you just roll? A natural 20. (laughs) Absolutely soaking Do you do all kinds of bonus stuff when you crit? Savage attacks. When crit with melee weapon, roll the damage die a second time, which is what you've adopted as the house rule. Uh, That's not a house rule. That's So when you crit, so uh, when you savage attack, you double your dice damage. What What would your normal attack be? It would be a d12. So, because you crit, you get to do 2d12, and then what does Savage Attack let you do? Roll the damage die a second time. So, do you I get, get roll four? three. No, no, no. Oh. You get to do 3d12. Ooh. You, mm, nice. All right. So, I would like 3d12 plus your modifier of right. damage, please. I'm going to have to actually put this command in because I don't have that. Or you could or just no hit one d12 fucking has three that. times. <laughs> just hit d12 three times. <laughs> 17 plus. Plus four, so 20, 21. So you you actually, just for the heck of it, use the diamond-tipped axe, and are like, hey, hey, buddy, and just grind this thing into dust with one hit, and he is completely demolished. Would you like to do anything else? Uh, I will move into flanking position. You still have a guy n- to your left. Oh, he, that guy would uh hit me? In he the is, corner. He All right, then. Uh, five of you. I guess I will stay where I'm at, so I don't get opportunity attacked. All right, Jonathan, you just watched Carlton who needs grind the rage? a skeleton to dust. What well, like I am feeling really inspired, so I am oh also going to try and. Gr- yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going to try and grind this skeleton into dust by thwacking it with my staff. All right. Uh, I get Aww. a fifteen. Yeah. That hits. I was hoping for another 20. I, I was hoping too. That would have been fucking insane. I would have had us all restart roll 20 thinking that something had gone horribly, horribly wrong. But a 15 oh, horribly, definitely horribly right. hits. That is 10 damage. Awesome. 
uh, inspired by Carlton's amazing act, you bring your staff around. You don't quite crumble this thing to dust, but you manage to swipe its spine right out of its back, and it it crumbles into nothing, and you destroy it. Woo! Uh, anything else? I'm going to move around this, uh, this skeleton that's right next to Shadow with my staff out, and so Shadow should have uh, flanking if he chooses to attack that thing. Perfect. And it is Travancore and Shadow's turn. What would you like to do? Shadow chooses to attack that thing. Shadow is a smart bear. Yeah. Go ahead and so just the claw. It. Just one, the single attack. Well, no, okay. no. If you do right. multi, can't you split it up? He can. I'm assuming that's what you're doing is you're going to try the claw first and then decide on the bite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you get anyway, to re-roll that. Up. You get to re-roll okay. that because I'm in flanking. Oh, because of advantage, right? Okay. Right. Yep. Rolling it again. So we'll do the multi after all. So 14. For that the hits. One. So go ahead and do the damage on the claw, and then you can decide on whether you want to bite him or something else. Gotcha. Okay, one die, four plus four. Seven damage. All right. Uh, It doesn't quite get destroyed, but Shadow manages to actually pull its left arm off and and spit it over in a corner, and it's looking pretty ragged. I don't think he's done yet. I think he's going to bite him, too. All right. So 17, and crit fishing. Yep. 11, so 17. 17 definitely hits. Roll roll that bite damage. Eight. Shadow pulls the arm off of this thing and then bites into his rib cage and just yanks the rib cage out and the whole thing just falls apart dead. And I'm pretty sure there's nowhere Travancore can move to without, unless he moves back, that would... Uh... If he moves, he will take an attack of opportunity. Oh, That's then Travancore's staying put. All right. And he's finishing his turn. It is Terrace's turn. Terrace is feeling super inspired watching her friends do all of this crazy stuff and is going to once again try to smash the skeleton next to her with her axe and is just rolling like shit. Uh, But she will spend an action surge. And she will try again. If at first you don't succeed. She rolls a 13, which is just barely enough. All right, so she, too, destroys one of these skeletons next to her. And now it is their turn. Uh, They are undaunted by the fact that their leader is dead and are just going to keep attacking the people that they are on. There are three on Terrace. First one barely hits. Second one totally misses. Third one also barely hits. So she is going to take two shovels so she's gonna take nine bludgeoning damage uh she's still looking she's still looking like she's she can take a lot more though uh carlton you've got two guys on you so the first guy nine doesn't hit and 13 doesn't hit all right and then shadow's got a guy 16 that will hit all right shadow is gonna (laughs) shadow's gonna take one bludgeoning damage okay i can live with that <laughs> hopefully shadow can live with that too <laughs> all right and it is bernie's turn all right so i'm and your spiritual weapon i'd say i was gonna say i'm pretty sure i still have the skull cracker i just wanted to double check oh, i just have to like yeah you have it until you dismiss it i think it lasts for up to a minute or if you uh cast another concentration spell so i i'm just gonna go ahead and um attack these uh do you want to be in flanking I am in flanking on one of them. Look at me. No, you're not. You, you're, you, you are not. Over. Wait, how do I get 
what, what, which way, right? You need to be on the diagonal. Oh, well, let's, let's like do a little scooch scoot and be flanking on the diagonal. So technically you can't move the weapon first. Oh, okay. Then we'll be where we are. What I'll say, yeah, just as, as a bonus action on your turn, you can move the weapon up to 20 feet and repeat the attack against a creature within five feet of it. What I'll, I'll let you move it and say that that was part of its move. So you'll have 15 feet left. Okay, cool. 16 hits. 16 definitely hits. Okay, now I only get a 1d8. Would you like to crit fish? Because you have advantage. let's do that. You should at least try, because, you know, sometimes people roll three crits in a row. Or last time I crit fished, I took out a fucking minotaur. There you go. All right, but you still hit it, so go ahead and roll damage. And 7 damage. On that one? All right. Uh, It doesn't disintegrate it is still standing but it is looking super super hurt as it, the force damage just kind of blasts into it and i say that feels a little anticlimactic. let's try again and so i move over but i probably won't be able to move a full to get in flanking with him will i 50 no so in this case just one because you'd already moved the five this one that you're going to attack now you won't get the flanking on all right well, we'll try we'll try anyway pretty good though oh, that hits <laughs> Very close. <laughs> well, that'll... 23 will definitely hit. Go ahead and right. roll down. I feel like I wasted my 3d12s on these things. <laughs> like, why can't I hit something big with 3d12? It, it can happen again. I already took care of it for you. Five damage. <laughs> All right. It's looking a little less hurt, but it definitely uh, took a shock from that impact. Carlton, it is your turn. I'm going to hit things. Okay. I'm going to hit the one on my, uh, my right there. Go for my... the one on your right. Yeah, with my big-ass axe, a 12. Will a 12 hit? Sadly, a 12 just misses. Ah! It, it kind of manages to just barely dodge out of the way. Anything else? I'm going to risk it. I'm going to uh, run over to try to give Terrace a hand. I'm going to risk the attack of opportunity. All right, where would you like to end up? The two attacks uh, of opportunity? Yeah, you will get two. I'll risk it. Stay put. I say, no, no, don't move. Don't move. But I still have half my health left. I know. Fine, I will listen to my comrades. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, it is your turn. All right, I'm going to move up to flank this one. Okay. And now quarterstaff time. The fuck did quarterstaff time? Oh, there it is. It's next to funky time. All right, does a 14 hit? 14 barely hits. All right, well, let's give it a go since we're flanking. Yeah. I'm going to guess that if 14 barely hits and 12 just barely misses, they're probably a 13. <gasps> I would think so. Because I can math sometimes. I hit this guy for 11. Alright, it it is destroyed. You just pummel it into the dirt on the ground. Anything else? Nope, that's two That's two for Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Alright. Travancore, it's your turn with Shadow. What would you like to do? Well, the one skeleton there, Shadow seems to have him well in hand, so I'm looking to our dwarven friend, and I'm thinking they could use some help, help with arrows, and I'm pretty sure they're well within my range. Oh, easily. Yeah, so I'm going to go for another perception check to see who's the weakest, or... Uh, yeah, give me a perception check. So that said, what does the 23 perceive? Uh, the one that is, uh, the top one, (laughs) to talk out of character, as it were, is super hurt, and the other two look... A little hurt. All right. I'm going to try. All three of them were hit with Jonathan's um, magic missiles, but the one on the top is barely holding itself together. I'm going to try and take care of the the top bonesy with one of my patented arrows. No, go for one that's not so hurt because you can do a lot of damage. And if it's just barely hanging on. 
Yeah, that's true. Like okay, so who's the strongest again? Uh, the strongest would be the middle one, the one that's directly next to Terrace. All right, I'm I'm pretty good with the name. I'm not going to hit Terrace. I hope. So nah, here, no, here you're you're one. good enough. Twenty four. Yeah, it clearly hits. Okay, nine. Oh yes, uh, arrow goes whizzing over Terrace's head, sinks into the top of this skeleton. The uh, skeleton's head. The head of the skeleton just rolls off, and and it falls to the ground, boneless, and is dead. The viceroy prevails. <laughs> anything else? I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, would the viceroy like to do anything else? Let's see. Um, I think any move by Shadow would leave him prone to an attack, right? Uh, if you leave the five-foot area of this guy, he will attack you. Yes. You could kind of banana around, and you would still be... A... Well, yeah, You if as long as you stay within five feet of him. So, yeah, right. if you'd like to move into flanking, you could do that. Uh, Yeah, let's... Uh... I'm thinking you can do that. Yeah, I can move. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll there do that. There you go. Then. All right, it's Terrace's turn. She's watched one of these things fall dead to the ground thanks to an arrow to the head, and she's going to try once again to hit this guy with a warhammer. And this time she's clearly going to succeed. But she's Finally. going for the bottom one, right? She's actually going for the top one. She should go for the bottom one. She's going for the top one. Uh. <laughs> she's a top, and... not a bottom. Let it go. What? Uh Wah, wah. So she does 10 damage and demolishes this guy, and it is their turn. All right, so the one that's on Terrace is going to try to return the favor, uh, and will hit. And she'll take another 5 bludgeoning damage, and she's looking a little beat up now, but she's still holding strong. Uh, the one next to Carlton is gonna try to do the same thing, Come at me. but an 11 nah. clearly doesn't hit. The final one is gonna once again, it, actually, he's gonna turn, seeing the movement of the archer come around him, he's actually gonna take a swipe at Travancore. Uh, but I don't think, does a 14 hit? No, good thing I think I got that armor. All right, so only one of them succeeds, Bernie. It is your turn. Okay, um, with the very last of my spiritual weapon, I'm attack this guy. Uh, it lasts for up to a minute, which in game terms is ten rounds. Have we done ten rounds? Oh, no. Oh, okay. We're at, like, round four. Oh, we're perfect. No! Wah, wah. Uh, no! Sadly, that will not hit your well, spiritual weapon. five feet. <laughs> Okay. And then Would you like no, I can't again? actually attack the same person. We established that in a previous game. Yeah. Um. However, to... is that guy that's near Travi? No, just uh, just move into flanking and kill, finish off that last one. I can't. I can't attack the same thing again. It has to be a different creature. What's the movement on that? 15? 20. You can definitely get next to this other one. Let's get next to that other one and try again. All right. And you would get advantage because it is being flanked. Yes. Yes, precious. Does an 11? No, 11 doesn't hit because they're 13, right? 11 doesn't hit, but try it Let's again. Try again. Lincoln. Get all the shitty rolls out while Ooh. we can. God yeah. damn it! Thanks for thanks like, for trying! Literally, God damn it! <laughs> uh, unless you want to do something else, Carlton, it is your turn. Uh, I want to pick up the piece of paper. Okay, you pick up the piece of paper. It's your bonus action. Alright, and then I'm going to smashy smash. Okay. Uh, the guy that's uh, still on me. Sure. Oh, oh so close. close. <laughs> so close to being a crit fail. Yeah. All right, but you definitely hit with a 19. 14. All right. 
uh, you sweep its leg and then pummel its head into the dirt, and it is destroyed. Sweep the leg! Uh, for my movement, uh, I want to move as close. Can I get, do I have enough uh, with uh, 30 feet to be in flanking with uh, Terrace? Can't get in flanking. You can definitely get next to the guy. All right, I'll get next to him. Yeah, you can You can get to there. So next round, you could be in flanking, but you're definitely next to the guy. All right, word. Jonathan, what would you like to do? I move next to that last one uh, such that I have advantage. I'll just straight up flank. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And <laughs> Box him in. <laughs> yeah. He's surrounded on all sides. I say, Dwarven Skull, quarter pocket. The whack. Oh. <laughs> would you like to crit fish? Yeah. 21 definitely hits. All right. And an 18 hits. So go ahead and roll your damage. Oh, only five damage. Well, fortunately, this is one of the ones that was chomped on by Shadow a little earlier in the fight, and so he is destroyed. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I have, I have a better one. Batter up, and I and I uh, thwack its skull off its head, off its shoulders and uh, and try to hit a home run. Uh, Shadow actually jumps up and grabs it <laughs> out of the air like, like he's a dog catching a ball, and as he lands, he's like, <laughs> and he's super happy. Good uh, bear. <laughs> Travancourt is your and Shadow's turn. Okay. There's one guy left that's still arrow. harassing Terrace and Carlton. And I say that there's no problem in the world that an arrow to the head won't fix. All right. 16. That definitely hits. Roll damage. You got it. 11. Uh, as the fabulous Matt Mercer would say, how would you like to do this? As I said before, no problem in the world that an arrow would fix. I stand back on my hind leg. I draw it back. And I release. The arrow flies. Catches the guy through the eye socket in the back of his head. Knocks him prone. He burst into dust. And I go, Legolas, take him down! <laughs> and none of you really know who Legolas is, but he sounds like some epic, epic warrior if he's able to do what Travancore just did to the skeleton. All right. You guys have defeated a veritable army of undead dwarves. Um, as you all kind of take a moment and breathe, uh, Bernie lets the spiritual weapon finally fade no, before it fades, I it gives it goes up it goes up to Jonathan and it gives him a nice little gentle tap on the head. Kind oh. of like a reminder. Oh, <gasps> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Terrace actually takes a moment and under her, uh her breath Carlton, you can hear her s- do you speak dwarven? I do. Uh you hear her say a prayer for the dead in dwarven. Um, I, I join her get, in dwarven. And like in the middle of the prayer, she turns to you and is a little surprised that you kind of know this by rote and gives a nod and goes back to praying. I pour one out for my homies. And you all get 350 experience total between the four of you. Huzzah! The destroyed remains of these skeletons lie about you. Uh, Carlton has picked up what's left of the the piece of paper and the axe. And I would like, like to try to, to read the paper. I would like to try to play fetch with Shadow with one of the bones. <gasps> wow! Bonding! Uh, Shadow is more than happy. You kind of reach down, you grab a femur, something. I go, just Shadow, go get it. And adorable. I throw it down the tunnel. We've just been through as hard as I can. Shadow, heal. Go ahead and roll me a strength check. <laughs> oh, fuck. What's my strength? 13. All right. You roll it. You, you throw it a respectable distance. It goes through the door and lands like five feet back into the lime room. Shadow. And I go, Shadow, stay. And. He, like, gets to the door and then stops, and, and you see the indecision in his face, and he kind of looks back at you. And then I just walk away. He walks to the door. He picks up the femur. He walks back, 
and he like stands there looking between you and Travancore trying to decide what to do with the femur. Carlton, you're looking at a piece of paper. Yes. Intelligence? Uh, actually, you don't have to. You read Dwarven, so I do. you read it over. It is the deed to the mine. Hey, it guys, is... I own this shit. I mean, we own this shit. It is, um, it's less of a, an ownership and more a contract between Greenest and, uh, the dwarves of the, um, Jaegershield clan to take control of the mine and mine it. Basically, it's the contract to let the Jaegershield have ownership over the mine. They get a percentage of any of the minerals or uh, marble that comes out of the mine. The rest of it goes to Greenest. And so this was uh, part ownership deed, part lawful ability to own and run this mine. Hey, uh, Jonathan, can I borrow your uh, quill? I say, hold on, you do not own a mine. What's the date on that? I said we. I said we. It's we. It's we. It's not dated, but the state of the the uh the deed itself is pretty ragged. You could tell this piece of paper has probably uh seen the better part of a couple of centuries. And um, if you want to give me an Arcana check, you can tell whether this has been magically preserved or not. Okay, I will do that. We should also have our resident magician do that. I'm a wizard, bunny. It's an 18. All right. You are actually surprisingly familiar with this enchantment. It's a very low level, very basic enchantment. It's used by um, a lot of uh, minor functionaries in in castles and keeps. When they draft these kind of contracts, it not only keeps the contract legible and whole for as long as the contract is still valid, it also actually present, prevents tampering. So you know if Carlton was to come wandering over with his piece of, with his pen, uh, there is no way he'd be able to actually change what's on that piece of paper. It's like you knew exactly what I wanted to do. Since I'm the only one who knows this, I go, actually, Carlton, I think it'd be a really good idea for you to try to write our names on that paper. Cool. I wanted to do that. Can I borrow a pen? Oh, sure. Um, and I fish one out. because All right. All I want to uh, cross out Jaeger, Jaeger Shield and then write Carlton and Friends. Okay. As you put the piece of uh, the quill to the piece of paper, as you draw the line, it appears. And then as you go to draw a second line through Jaeger Shield, the first line has already faded away. And basically... Oh. Every time you draw a line, what you've just drawn mere moments ago has faded from view. And when you try to scrawl your name, uh, by the time you've reached the end of your name, the beginning of your name has already vanished. And it's So I, I, t- I show the paper to them and the quill, and I say, hey, guys, look at this. And I start drawing dick butt. <laughs> that then slowly starts to fade away. And I say, Everybody you're not trying hard it. enough, Carlton. Keep going. You're going to get it. All right. So in this large room, uh, there is the barrels and the boxes. Uh, if you check them out, the vast majority of them are filled with mined marble of various colors. And reading over the contract, you can see that one of the reasons that this mine was so highly prized is because of the, the variety of colors of marble that this mine has access to. And the barrel that the dwarf leader was originally standing on is actually filled with this bright pink marble which is uh, considered fairly rare from this room there are two exits two doors um one on your left one on your right both at the very end of the room both have wooden doors uh with the 
the bolts on the outside. And there, there's the door behind you that leads back into Limeland. Okay, planner. Uh, let's, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it. I'm not feeling very limey. I'm not feeling limey either. This. this is going to be... All right. Uh, I'm going to say the one on the left. Okay. Because that was evens. Are you just going to go go ahead and I want to go up to the door and inspect it for traps. All right. So you go up to the, the door on the left and give me a... Uh, give me a perception check. And I say, Jonathan, you really enjoy rushing in. Why don't you go inspect the door on the right? Uh, it is 13 after my proficiency. It's probably a better idea for me to look at the one on the right, because my perception is pretty high. Okay. Somebody. I'll go take a look. Carlton, you don't find any traps. I don't find any traps, guys. This door, I kind of, like, take the, my axe, I kind of just tap against it to kind of hear, how, like, how hollow it is down behind it. And I rolled an eight for the door okay. on the right. I'll go up Seven to the four, right, you don't find and any I traps. Will... I will. Bernie, would you roll? Ain't no traps here. I don't know. It looks like a with door a four, to me. You don't find any traps. He got a four. Uh, Carlton, when you when you rap on the door with your your axe, it goes thunk thunk thunk. It's a fairly thick door, but you hear it echo uh, behind it. So whatever whatever is behind it is spacious. Guys, there's a hallway or a big room behind this thing. Door on the left. I take door number one. Wait, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Our planner hasn't weighed in. Jonathan, would you like to cast a vote? Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to take a back seat to planning this particular op from... About to say, forward. yeah, you're planning to... Well, I mean, luckily you're just a bunch of skeletons, but you're planning to barge right in. Doesn't strike me as the master planner's MO. So let's Jonathan the Magic Muscular feels like he's having an off day. Let's just say, <laughs> whatever we do, we don't barge... No barging. We open the door carefully. Terrace at this point has finished her prayers, has dusted herself off, uh, and walks up to you and says, Well, we've taken care of that very nicely. I, I don't see what could possibly be behind this door that we'd have to be worried of. And uh, who's actually opening the left door? I'll, I'll do, do it. it. <laughs> All right, Travancourt, you open the door. Uh, behind the door is a very long hallway. It's actually pitch black, and even with dark vision, it's uh, you can't see the end of it. It's about uh, 15 feet wide, and it's more of the... Uh, the the very nicely carved stone so this isn't you're not back in the caverns you're you're in kind of the mine proper at this point the top of the this hallway is curved and you can faintly see about 50 feet down this hallway uh several bodies on the floor ooh uh you know that other door we should probably not preclude all anything, our options we don't touch bodies yeah are they fresh bodies? Um, can from we here maneuver you can't around them tell. without touching them? Uh, yes, actually, you can. Uh, it looks from this distance, it looks like one, maybe two bodies. You'd have to get closer to get more details. It's not like a pile. And because the 15-foot-wide diameter of this hallway is fairly large, um, it, especially Carlton, you're pretty sure you could at least walk over them. You, you, you could get through this hallway without touching whatever that is. I kind of want to know it's at the end of the hallway. I, I want to get up close and uh, check to see if I think they might be zombies. Like, okay. Are you just going down or is everybody going down? We'll stay here. I'll okay. actually go down with uh, Carlton, but tra I want Shadow to stay put. 
Okay. Uh, so the two of you walk on down. Uh, as I said, it's about 50 feet. You get to that middle part of the hallway and you can see there's there's two bodies lying on the ground. They've been here for quite a while. The skeletons are, um, there's, there's kind of dried flesh over them. Uh, they're still wearing armor. You see a pack next to them. It's an elf and a dwarf. And they're both kind of lying there. The dwarf is uh, just kind of lying there dead. The elf actually has an arrow sticking through its skull from the the bottom of its jaw, almost like it was um, self-inflicted. From here, you can actually see now the other end of the hallway. There's just enough light coming from the open door that you came through that you can see the other end of the hallway is another 50 feet away and there's another wooden door. I would like to check out the bodies. Yeah, I want to see if there's anything on the bodies. Okay. Uh, you go ahead and, and check through the bodies, and, and actually there's there's quite a bit. Uh, go ahead and roll me some perception checks. I would like to yell really loudly, Do you guys see anything down there? We'll let you know. Uh, eight. 17. Uh, wait, 19 after my perception. Okay. Uh, Travancore, you're, you're drawn to the elf partially because it's an elf but also because the elf has actually got a, a quiver on its back and a bow at, that intrigues you and uh so carlton you start going after the dwarf the dwarf is wearing simple kind of at this point ratty leather armor nothing special until you actually reach into its pocket and you do find um a stone in there that calls to you in a, in a weird way it's it feels um it's kind of this round palm-sized stone you can see that it was something that the dwarf actually held on to and rubbed quite a bit because you can see where most of it is kind of a polished surface there's one part of it where it looks like the the dwarf is rubbing it over and over and over and over again and it's got very faintly carved into one side of it a phrase in Dwarven that says, May I be smart enough to stay out of trouble and lucky enough to know where the trouble is. I want to rub this stone. Okay, you rub it. N- nothing happens. <sighs> uh, Travancore, you actually find uh, the bow that this elf was, was wielding. It's this black lacquered bow that's inlaid with intricate gold patterns that resemble flames. And there's a total of uh, seven arrows still in this elf's quiver. And each of them have a different color scheme to them. There's three of them that have these sharp curved barbs on the shaft. There's one of them that is painted white and has white feathers for fletching. And there's two of them that... Uh, the feathers are kind of this riot of color, all like they've been taken from a peacock, and the shaft itself is this green color. And they, they seem to have some specialness to them, uh, but you're not quite sure what. I am going to take the arrows and the bow. Okay. Shall we press forward, Carlton? I think uh, we could keep going down the hall till we hit the next uh, opening or room or whatever. I think we should yeah. follow them. Are you guys all kind of forming up in the middle, and or are you guys just going? We'll just walk towards the middle as they're walking towards the other door. Okay. Um, as Carlton, as you and Travancore start to walk, continue down the hallway to the far door. It's weird. It's it's like in a dream when you're walking towards something and it starts to get further and further and further away, and it seems like every five foot step you take, the door gets 
five feet further away. And after a few moments of that, you keep trying to walk in this direction, your friends actually catch up to you and everybody is now kind of in the middle of this hallway. And they're like, why, why didn't you go? I thought we were going to meet you down there. I thought so too. I don't trust this. I don't trust this door anymore. I'm going to go back the other the way we came in. There are some magics uh, at work. It might make sense to I actually have to check do a, uh, do a uh, arcana. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. Okay. Is this specifically on the door? Is it... What, what's yeah, your arcana? I'm going to try and, and see if there's an enchantment on the door. Okay. Uh, 19. So you reach out with your magical sense the whole hallway lights up in your mind. It's obviously this whole hallway is just saturated with magic. You also do notice the stone that Carlton is kind of holding onto and rubbing that sparks in your head and the bow and the arrows that Travancore picked up also give off a a faint glow. So all of that lights up as magic. Jonathan the Magimuscular is surrounded by magic. You are completely surrounded by magic. Uh, can I tell what school the, uh, is it an illusion? The, uh, uh, no, the doors are not an illusion. Um, the hallway itself uh, is on a different piece of paper. <gasps> uh, it's it's not written down, but is not an illusion. Right. Is, is it an enchantment magic, though? Uh, no, it is not an enchantment. Hmm. All right. Well, shit's magical, yo. I read what's, I read uh, in Dwarvish aloud the phrase that's on the stone again. Okay, stone, uh, the stone says, may I, be, may I be smart enough to stay out of trouble and lucky enough to know where the trouble is. I say that in Dwarvish while rubbing it. Okay. Nothing happened. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Terrace looks at you and says, oh, is that what the, the stone says that? Okay, yeah, that's a fairly old Dwarven, uh, saying. I, that's probably a something special about that stone. Usually dwarves would carve a saying like that into a stone if it meant something. I hand it over to Terrace and say, what do you think of it? She takes it and looks at it and turns it over. Uh, you see her kind of rub it a bit. And she thinks about it for a second and says, well, if there's something magical about this, I'm the wrong person to ask. I, I just hit things with a hammer. She hands it back to you. My kind of girl. Well, moving towards the... Uh, door we didn't come into keeps going away. Should we go back the way we came in? Probably. I've got a, I have a sinking feeling that that door is going to be pretty far away by now, though. Okay, so you're you're gonna turn around and go back towards the the door you tried to you entered through the open yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, so you turn around and as you walk towards that door, similar effect at, at five feet as you walk towards this open door. It's like the door moves five feet further out of your your reach, and you you the more you move towards it, the the further away it gets. God damn it! Hey, I'm gonna. Jonathan the Magimuscular has an idea. So he yes. said, he goes to his his trusty uh trusty companion Bernie, mm-hmm. and says, Bernie, I'm gonna close my eyes, put out my hand, and I want you to w- help walk me to the door. Okay. I don't see where it is. Okay. Okay, so which door are you guys facing? The 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 closed one? Yeah. Okay. And you're both gonna head in that direction? Well I'm yeah. gonna tell him how to get there. Yeah, she's gonna kinda herd me towards the door while I have okay. my eyes closed. Alright, so you face the closed door and uh start to walk in that direction, Bernie calling out okay. to you. I say Bernie, it's interesting. 
as he's walking in that direction, now that you're kind of focused on him, it's as if he's walking in place. He doesn't actually move forward. Okay, I say, so, I say, go to your, go to your left. Okay. 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 Out of my left. Jonathan has his eyes closed. Is moving towards the closed shuffle door. Shuffle to the left. Bernie. I shuffle to the left. Uh, he moves five feet closer to the left wall. Okay, go, go a, little, a little, little more left. It looks like you're just going on a strange diagonal. A little more left. All right. I keep. I I try and follow her instructions. I say, if I'm not doing something right, like. Like, move me. I, I open myself up to being forced a direction. You are now basically flat against the left wall. Okay, I say... You can feel it against your left side. Keep going to your left. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going to my left. You are... You try to push into the stone wall, and it's cold and a little wet and disgusting, but you, you keep trying. Okay, now okay. go straight. It's fine. It's fine. I just wanted you to walk into the wall once. Oh, God damn it. All right, I try and go straight. And your eyes are still closed? Yes. Okay. Uh, you march down the hallway, and you keep marching down the hallway. Your eyes closed. You can feel the wall on your left side, and you're marching, you're marching. Bernie, he ain't going anywhere. Okay, stop. Can you shove me? Can I shove? I don't know. Can I shove you? I can. I don't. I don't yeah, try, try and Why actually push me. Why don't you try because... pushing me? Because I've got a feeling that if we're going to make a pushing check, it should work the other way around. <laughs> okay, I, I come around, and I get behind Bernie, and I put my hands on her shoulders, and I... And as her eyes are closed, I try and lead her into the into the door. Okay, so your eyes are open and her eyes are closed, and you're pushing her yeah, forward just, towards yeah, the closed yeah. door. Okay, same kind of thing. You both feel like you're walking, and Bernie, like, you feel yourself being pushed I'm forward, like, and your feet are moving. It. We're doing it's, it. It's like you're on a treadmill. All right. The more I say, you move. okay, hold on, hold on. So I get Bernie out of the way. I run back. Oh god! And you haven't I... actually left. Like when you when you look around, you're still like weirdly standing next to everybody who's just been watching you. Okay, I get back. I like walk back, and I do a full charge to the door as fast as I can. Uh, are you push? <laughs> okay, you just run, and the faster you move, the faster that door just flies into the distance. But to everyone else, I'm running in place. Pretty much. So, if Travancore and I stand back to back and we move in one direction as a whole, maybe the hallway will move with us. And we can see if the hallway is moving with us or if we're just staying in place. Because we can't, you know, we can see which way it's moving. Like, if it keeps extending this way, the it'll feel like if we're watching the other door, it'll feel like that door is coming with us. You know what I mean? I'm game. I'm going to try it. All right, so Are you going to do a push-me-pull-you? Is that what we're doing? This is yeah. Dr. Doolittle? I'll face the open door we came in. You face the door at the other end. And let's uh, let's uh, let's try walking your way. So we kind of like lock arms together. Okay. And we walk as one unit. Okay, so Carlton is facing the open door. Travancore is facing the closed door. And you move towards the closed door. Yes, as a uh, unit. Like arms locked. Very quickly, Carlton, you feel like you're trying to push past Travancore as he's trying to push past you. It's a weird feeling. And all of a sudden, you find yourself moving away from everybody. You can see them all standing there. It looks like Travancore is, like, marching in place. It's weird. Uh, like, looking at you as you pass him. And that you <laughs> you keep walking backwards. And eventually, you feel something 
you basically walk into a door and you feel the uh, handle I, on your left I, side. I didn't expect that to happen. I just wanted to figure out what the hell was going on. But hey, guys, so I made it. We have to walk backwards. That's all we have to do. I, I want to check that door for traps before I open it. I'm going to start walking backwards while you're rolling that trap check. Can you do okay. it as you can turn you around and you start to walk backwards, kind of using the walls as a guide. And yeah, as you slowly walk backwards, you you see the open door getting further and further and further away. And then the next thing you know, you've got Carlton's hands kind of gently stopping you as you've reached the end of the hallway. I pat him on the arm and I say, good job, buddy. Doesn't it help when you're patient? I I was not expecting. I just wanted to see what would happen. All right, so you all kind of Terrace very quickly catches on. Uh, Travancore, you've got to kind of coach Shadow through some of this. He he keeps trying to walk towards you, and every time he moves forward, it looks like he's just marching in place. And you eventually get him to like back up, back up, back up. Carlton, every time you turn to look at the door behind you that you can feel is there. All of a sudden, it's not there anymore. It's like five feet away. And then you kind of look back away from it and move, and then it's there. And so you can okay. feel around the door. You can feel the handle. But if you actually turn to look at the door, it moves away from you. All right. I'm just going to – I'm going to – all right. Uh, hey, Bernie. Uh, everybody else, back up like five feet just in case it is trapped. I'll take this. Okay. All right. Okay. So you're just going to open it? I close uh, my eyes and back away at that distance. All right. I am okay. going to go ahead and – Hope it doesn't bite me in the ass. Uh, open the door. All right. It opens and nothing happens. And you all Yay. walk Yay. a few more back feet through. backwards. <laughs> you all back through and you end up kind of in a, a small room. Uh, looks like a, a more rough hewn stone room. And there's a stairway leading down. And I say, God, those two were idiots if they couldn't figure that out. All right. Just throwing that out there. I mean, we, we're not exactly a bundle of intelligence, and we got it in, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Travancore, you still have the arrows and the bow, and Carlton is still holding on to the stone if anybody would like to do an arcana check on them. Yo. Go for it, these. magic man. Uh, 13. Not great. I think I actually have Oh, uh, On which, which are you looking at? We'll do the stone first. Stone. The stone? Okay. Actually, this is, it's not that um, strong of an enchantment. So fortunately, you don't really need to be terribly powerful to figure it out. This is a stone of smart luck. So it's a piece of black oval chunk of obsidian. It's smooth and polished with a faint groove on one side where the, obviously the dwarf has been rubbing it. It's got that saying, may I be smart enough to stay out of trouble and lucky enough to know where the trouble is. Uh, while you're carried in attuned to the stone, it gives you a plus one to intelligence and wisdom saving throws. All right. I'm going to also do the bow. 24 on the bow. All right. Uh, this bow, it, it feels hot in your hands. And as you focus in on it, you... It's called a flare bow. It also must be attuned. So attuned means you basically need to spend at least a short rest attuning to it before you can use it. Uh, this black lacquered bow is inlaid with intricate gold patterns and resembles flames. When the command word is spoken, the next arrow fired from this bow bursts into a fiery ball that is clearly visible at long range. On a hit, the arrow deals an additional 1d6 fire damage. When shot in the sky, the arrow acts as a flare that slowly descends and bathes the party in dim light for 30 seconds for 300 feet. It has two charges a day and recharges fully on a long rest. Awesome. Very nice. I, I got think it's bow. very clear who should get that weapon. Bernie. Uh, I, well, know. Of fire. <laughs> I would have so much fun. I would be captain. 
I'm assuming I'm the one with the lowest intelligence, right? Um, I have an intelligence modifier That's... of zero, actually. It it doesn't add to your intelligence. It adds to your intelligence and wisdom saving throws. Oh, okay. So you might actually need it, actually. Yeah, both of those are, are low for you, right? Yeah, I'm um actually my intelligence is plus one and my wisdom is plus two. So maybe I should. Hey, little buddy. May- yeah, maybe. I flip it over to Bernie. I catch it. It's mine now. Okay. As I said, it'll take a short rest to attune to it. Uh, Travancore, I'm assuming you're taking the bow? Yeah. All right. Uh, if you would like to spend a moment in here taking a short rest, the two of you who now have these magical items can attune to it. Jonathan, uh, as you look over the bow, you also kind of get a, a chance to look over the arrows. They're not as intricately enchanted, but you do figure out what they are. Uh, so two of three of them are barbed arrows, and I'll I'll send you this information once we're done here. Uh, so three of them are barbed arrows. In order to use them, you're basically going to take a negative two to attack rolls, but you'll do an extra d6 piercing damage and can give you advantage on the next attack. You have one sleep arrow. That's the one, the white one with the white feathers. Uh, it is a plus. All these are plus one arrows, so you do get a plus one to attack and damage. And uh, basically gives you a chance to cast sleep in an area. Oh, great. That's worked out for us excellently. <laughs> so well. It's, it's a little different. It's not quite the, the AC of a, a sleep uh, spell. I'll send it to you. And okay. two of them are moment of confusion arrows. And that's the one with the, the intricate feathers, the multicolored feathers. And looking over this, Jonathan, you, you get the sense that this these two arrows would cause a lot of trouble. Yeah, be careful with those. Okay. If you guys want to spend a short rest in this little room before you get downstairs, we'll call our adventure right there for the day. And we'll say stay tuned next week as you guys descend deeper into the Purbeck Mine. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks or at our host podcast, at Glibshark, or www.glibshark.com. And see you next encounter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.